Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Like our chicken fries and cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio, but like to see the sunrise. See the love. First time it's ever seen the airwaves. But it's not really appropriate because none of these guys are country western fans. And cold beer on a Friday night. This is uh, the Zach Brown band. And the radio Joining me, speaking of uh, Chicken Fried, which is the name of the song, from uh, McAllen, Texas, Tim Lynch. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Mac. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm all right. Uh, from uh, Southern California, staying in the southern part of the country, is uh, Jeff Kenny. Jeff, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right. And uh, from uh, central Kansas? No, northeast Kansas. So from northeast Kansas, Will Costantini. Um, uh, oh, by the way, we're expecting snow here sometime in the next 24 hours. I'm happy to tell all your listeners global warming is over. <laughs> hey, I have to tell you, I um, I talked about it in a little bit earlier, but uh, let me just tell you how pathetic I think school administrators are. Um, Colleen is a senior. This is her senior year in high school, and uh, she plays volleyball. And today she played the only game that I think she'll play this year, and um. They played outside on grass, put the net up outside, and uh, the the players had to wear masks. And I'm standing there watching it with my dogs, and uh, uh, my ex-wife Susan's there, our daughter Catherine's there, and I'm standing there. What was so hard about it? What was so hard about this? What was so hard that 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 seasons had to be canceled? That somebody didn't say, okay, well, let's go outside. We'll we'll build a court on the grass. We'll put the nets up, and we'll let them play. What's so hard about that? And to watch them play and have fun and play a game finally, right, is ridiculous. And I just, I just, I mean, that's gone on all over this country. Uh, I know some, I know some school districts are playing sports, but I know a lot of them that are not. And I just wanted to, how stupid it is. And I looked at my 17-year-old daughter afterwards, and I said, how hard was that to figure the fuck out? And I just uh, I thought I would say something about that because uh, I'm not happy about it. A, it might have just been a, a, a mechanism to get us used to obeying stupid. Uh, <laughs> well, 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 that sounds bizarre. <laughs> That sounds bizarre until you figure out that the, your daughter and her classmates, their chances of catching a lethal infection from COVID are, their, their survival rate is 99.98%, something outrageous. It's, 
it's more dangerous to eat raw oysters, and it's certainly lots more dangerous to drive in a car. I, and, and, I, and you can't escape that fact, yet we're still in this bizarro world. And it's worse overseas, much worse. I just, I, I mean, all across this country, I mean, you've had kids, you know, that will never academically recover. I mean, I mean, what Will probably of all of us was the best student. I mean, the rest of us would have been lost, what, a year and a half of school, you know, or some shit like that. And uh, and how do you recover? How do you get your kid back on track? After I, it's just to me watching that today. I mean, that's not that's not a difficult that's not a, that's not a difficult thing to sort out. Will you're killing me with your moving around, man? Uh, you want to you want to mute? Yeah, you you got to mute yourself because your microphones make it all kinds of noise. The um, anyway, I I thought I'd start with that. I I, I so. Uh, first things first, um, Tucker Carlson does a program. Um, the American military uh, clicks off safe and uh, and attacks him in a pretty astound in a pretty pretty astounding um, pretty astounding display. So, uh, Timmy, I'll start with you. Um, you've uh, um, you've had a chance to watch all that. Uh, your thoughts? Well, it, it it is a stunning display display and overreaction. And I I uh, <laughs> the first thing I thought of was a, a blog post I wrote 12 years ago, but with ISAF, uh, a media arm, getting into Twitter war with the Taliban. And I, I'll I'll real quick because it's quick. I'll share this with you. ISAF sends out a tweet. Taliban has not been successful. About our offensive failed. Not taking a single objective. They said they would. Not 15 minutes later, the Taliban comes back and says, okay, so taking out key puppet leaders, Kandahar, President Break, expanding our reach to the north and targeting enemy bases and centers in Kabul are no achievements. And, and, and it was embarrassing to see that. It's embarrassing. There's no reason, I think, for any command to be getting in into a Twitter thing. And, and the, the point that they were making in attacking Tucker Carlson, particularly with this, you if you haven't served nonsense, that's that's uh, that's – that's junior high level uh, uh, nonsense, and 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 another reason to ban social media from the military entirely. Nothing good comes of it. Got it. Jeff, your thoughts on uh, um, you know the re the the reaction, the public reaction, uh, in and in many cases in uniform, public reaction um, to him. Right. Well, um, the uh, the reaction is inappropriate. Because throughout our history and throughout our careers, there's been times when civilian, just regular citizens or journalists have criticized the Marine Corps. And the normal way it happens is there's an egregious incident or an alleged egregious incident. And then the Marine Corps as a group is painted with the brush of whether it's the three, two snipers urinating the mouths of the dead guys, whether it's the... Uh, Marines United uh, debacle there a couple of years ago when General Neller was coming on. And you can go all the way back to Ribbon Creek. You can go all the way back to Tarawa. Now, when, the, when Tarawa true. happened, there was criticism about the Marines' tactics and everything like that. You had Marines who had come back from Guadalcanal actually storm the San, uh, the San Francisco Chronicle offices. And one of them was Leon Uris, the author. 
you know, when he was a young Marine. So, I mean, these, that's the only time though, that, that there was a reaction like that. And that was during the second world war and the Marine Corps really was born during the beginning of the second world war. I mean, you know, they say 1775, but as it is today, that's when it was born. So it's not like a new thing, but all through the rest of the time after that, when we get criticized, we would come back and usually through our public affairs people and say, you can't paint us all with the brush of a few guys. If the Marine Corps was a city of 180,000 or whatever, you know, you know, whatever the uh, population is at the time of the accusation, we would be the most law abiding, you know, non uh, needing of police involvement, overachieving town there would be, which is the truth. And uh, that would be the and that would be a public affairs response. But this thing is totally basically what you find what you have here is a a no kidding, honest, um, you know, questioning of our abilities based on things like the admitted lowering of our standards, you know, across the board in the army with the army thing. And then what we all know about and and the president coming on TV the day before and saying, or maybe it was two days before saying, you know, uh, we got to change our military. It's got a problem. And so Tucker Carlson's asking what we're all asking right now in our heads. Why? Why do we got to do that? You know, why is that so important? And is our, is our adversaries, are they worried about the same things? They are laser focused on having a military that can put a hurting on an adversary, and in this case, us. And that was his whole point. So I'm not talking, though, about whether he's right or he's wrong. I, I happen to agree with him. But but what I'm talking about is the reaction of the Marine Corps. It's uh, it's like they weren't even listening to the guy, and they just uh, – it was almost like an emotional, immature lash out, you know, at uh, at somebody who was uh, asking what I thought was valid, you know, questions. Will, your thoughts – yeah, you know, Tim said uh, embarrassing, and Jeff said inappropriate, and, and I actually think it's a lot worse than that. Um, you've you've crossed this uh, military uh, as as where the institution where it's supposed to fit in the country, uh, and doesn't necessarily see that it needs to fit there anymore. Um, and, and I think the thing that, that bothered me the most about it is that the people that did that in their official capacity, uh, two MEF information group, tr- Twitter account, uh, senior enlisted leader at Spacecom, um, in their official capacity, never seemed to even hesitate to jump across that line uh, and think that it was completely okay uh, for them to to break sort of a a foundational principle of the country is that the military is apolitical and it swears an oath to the Constitution, not to any particular leader, uh, and that you get on that slope um, and there's plenty of political militaries around the world. They just don't happen to be in any countries where you or I or anyone else would want to live. Um, 
are we going to end up that way? You know, who knows, but you can't end up that way unless you take this first step. And we've taken a step and I have yet to see a senior uniform leader or senior uh, appointed official anywhere in the DOD hierarchy come out and say, that was completely wrong. Uh, I've seen sort of a wishy-washy apology and two meth, but I have yet to see someone come out and say it's wrong, articulate, articulate why it was wrong and go through the steps that we're going to ensure that kind of extremism isn't alive and well in our military. Will you you've hammered on this though for a long time about the politicalization of our generals, right? And 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 when they leave the service, they're continued. They're even getting into politics more. You and um, to me, you know what Tucker Carlson was pointing out was was that he didn't believe Joe Biden had done any research or asked any hard questions about, you know, about, you know, female pilots. And because he goes on to say, hey, look, if they're the best pilots, right, right then let's have, let's have a whole Air Force full of them. He said, but I don't think the President of the United States has even asked that question. And, and so to, what he's doing is he's politicizing our military. And, and, and this path that he's headed down, and this is his major point, right, is a path of wokeness, not a path of preparing to fight China. And so, and that's, and to me, that's where it goes down. What I, so to me, uh, you know, if you watch it and you don't come to that conclusion, then you have a listening comprehension problem. Um, I, I think most disturbing to me is in uniform, in front of the colors, right, attacking an individual American journalist. And you believe that's your moral responsibility. You believe that that's okay. Behind that, you know, you have an individual Twitter account, official Twitter account of a Marine regimental size organization that just starts lipping off on Twitter like a 15-year-old, congratulated, congratulated by its commanding officer. Now, I, I, the, the apology that I think Will alluded to came from that 15-year-old sophomore person and that Twitter account. I don't think TUMEF has made any official response to that, unless I'm mistaken, Will. I haven't seen anything, right? No. Yeah, no, I, I, it hasn't seen the light of day. Maybe they did it internally, but it sure right. hasn't come out in public. Okay, and so to me, the lack of the chairman standing up and say, all right, memo to everybody in a very public way. This is not what we do. This is not what we're about. But again, um, Will was on, t- on Tuesday, and I asked him, if you're, if you're more about standards than wokeness, Will you be promoted? And his answer was no. And so to me, I don't, I'm looking at the American military and you're watching this thing in it 
of of taking oaths and being woke and expected to say certain things. And if you're not on board with it, you're fucking done. Yeah, and, and think for a second about General Milley. You know, when he went to uh, across the street from the White House uh, with President Trump um, in what I thought is a, a normal thing for a lot of chairmen to do uh, at the time, you know, and he comes back and apologizes that he got involved in a, in a political, uh, you know, photo op. Well, this stuff here is a thousand times more egregious uh, than that. Uh, it, there's no justification for what the master gunnery sergeant did, what two MEF did, uh, what the generals who piled on to the master gunnery sergeant's uh, YouTube video what they had to say. There's absolutely no justification for that. Uh, but Millie was out apologizing for his conduct, uh, escorting uh, the commander in chief to a scene uh, that had military members involved. I think it was DC National Guard was there. Yeah. Um, it's the crutch chief in the White House. The, the, yeah. The, the so, so you would, so, and you know, I was there about oh, a month or so after uh, it looked like uh, like a third world city out there. Um, but you're right, Mac. He should be in public saying, I, I don't care what your personal political opinions are. Keep them to yourself. This is the apolitical military that supports uh, the Constitution of the United States. Um, are we going to so see let me, that? Let me ask you this. Why then? Why haven't we seen that? I, I think everybody, you know, after everybody looked around, went, holy shit, this is awful. This is beyond awful. This is, this yeah, is embarrassing. Well, well, we're so far away from what we're supposed to do for this nation. And if we're doing this in our wokeness, so so. Timmy, why do you think Millie hasn't said anything? Well, I'll tell you why. Because nobody knows what to say. We're in a brave new world here now, okay? But it, the whole premise behind the argument was so so much bullshit. Yet you go read the New York Times or CNN website, and guess what? Tucker Carlson's an asshole. That master sergeant, that master sergeant or master guns was absolutely right. Our boys in the military know what the hell they're all about. They're on our side. So so I guess it kind of depends on which news services you're reading as to how you take these type of type of, of incidents. But but right now, I, I think everybody's keeping their head down because they don't know what the new normative behavior is. It's clearly not telling the truth. That much we can establish. But what is the normative behavior now? I, I believe that's that. I think that's why you're seeing silence. This is disturbingly brave new territory for us. I, but, but again, it, not only silence from Millie, but silence from Tumef, silence from the Commandant of the Marine Corps. Right. Right? Who, I mean, this is one of his organizations. And, uh, I mean, and, and we're, you know, it's, uh, we're recording this Wednesday night, and nobody said shit about that. That's, I mean... <laughs> And you have senators summoning, summoning the commandant. We don't know what's going to happen with that. That's kind of a little peculiar. 
and and again, I talked about it on Tuesday. You know, the 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 seminal event that set up civilian control of our military was when George Washington, after the Revolution, went to Congress, laid his sword in his commission before them, and. And what did the King of England say about that? He has become the greatest man in history or something. There you go. The idea that -hmm. George Washington, who could have been king for life, dictator, et cetera, but he set our country up for success for hundreds of years. That's what a leader does. And Tim, I agree with you. We're in a brave new world, but you would hope that somebody up there would be a leader and say, you know, whatever the, the president or the sec def might think of me, at some point, the country is a bigger deal than that. Oh, that would be very pleasant to hear, wouldn't it? Would it not? Wouldn't uh, it be pleasant? Somebody with a microphone, like uh, one of the, one of the uh, service chiefs, the chairman, um, one of the uh, co-coms. You know, okay, so so let me some... so paint a picture for me of this, right? So you have the MEF commander, you have the um, you have the commandant of the Marine Corps and the chairman, and all you're hearing is crickets. So what is going on in those meetings to say, yeah, we're not saying anything? I think no. you just said it. You just said it. Well, yeah, it's I I think it's because they don't know what the hell if they come. What should they say? What they should say, I believe you and Will went through on on Tuesday, is look, we don't we don't have an issue. No, to me, the issue is bigger than that, though. This has got nothing to do with women or anything like that. Uh You know, those things we've muddled through that crap for years, and I don't know if we'll muddle through it anymore. The bigger issue is the idea that the military has gotten way out of its box here. And yeah. uh, is can can think that that th- they can do things that violate this idea of right. civilian control. Yeah, and I, I think it's even bigger than that. But, I think but, but again, I, so hold on one sec- hold on one second, Jeff. I, again, I want to come back to so what's going on in these high level staff meetings. And what's being said where nobody said shit? Because I'm sorry, to- I know I've already talked, but I just want to point out that what do you say when you're commander in chief? The guy running the show is compromised. How do you get a read on the secretary of defense? We don't know it, much about it. But him. Tim, again, you know? Tim, I don't need a read. Oh, I'm talking I, about I, the, the guys. The I guys took an the- oath. Yeah, I took an oath. I understand the oath. I understand a little bit of, of how the country's supposed to be. I've been doing this job for 30 plus years. I'm actually at that point in history where it's time to stand up and do the right thing. But, but which, have you not been there before? For the last 20 years, we've had these moments. And I was but but not like this. Not it's, like this. It's yeah, bigger, I'll, I'll grant you that one too. What you got is you got two groups of people in America. One are the citizens the citizens who vote and the citizens who go about their business and they don't work for the government, most of them. And then you have the people who work for the federal government and even the state governments. And the military is one of those people, one of those entities that works for the federal government. They cannot be questioned anymore. They're all heroes. 
whether you're the guy who uh, who hands out coffee in the Pentagon or whether you're the CG of broke dick Jamoke fucking, you know, uh, brigade over here or there, it doesn't really matter. You, c- civilian, you, American citizen, you do not have the right to question us. And you, reporter, you, journalist, you don't have the right to, to look askance at us all heroic, all of us are like the people who put up the flag on, on uh, Mount Suribachi. The master guns, all of them, we're all the same because we draw that paycheck from Uncle Sam. And we can't be questioned anymore. And we have a news media that 90% of them, they back that up. And that's where we're at with this now. Nothing can be questioned. Nothing. And if you do, you're going to get criticized. And they, of course they have the right to, uh, to do that now. That's the way they look at it. We, the intermention, are the, are the, it used to be they were servants of the people. Now, they're, they're, the, they're the upper, they're the no-kidding patricians, and the rest of us are the plebeians of this particular empire. So what's going on in those high-level staff meetings that nobody has said shit? Nobody's answered that. There's no guts. Yeah. A, la- a, lack of, a lack of Will Constantini. If they had left Will on active duty, we could have unfucked this whole thing. But Will's exactly right. How do you, how do you, okay, so, so we go, we, Timmy, we go in, we go in, you know, um, we'll make Will the CG, right? Um, I'll be the S1, Jeff CS4, you're the, you no, the G1, the, the G4, I don't know. We're sitting around this table, you know, Monday morning, thoughts from the weekend, <laughs> right? We've all watched it. And I'll make us, we'll make us, Will can be General Boudreau. We're all staff people, right? We go around, we all give a little dump. And uh, and then Will says, all right, let's talk about the elephant in the room right now. I want to hear what you all have to think. Right? And what conversation goes on? What conversation do we have where we don't come out and issue a statement rebuking what happened, apologizing, and firing the guy who allowed it to happen. Jeff, what what would we say in that to to mitigate that, or would the lawyers get involved? Well, I don't see. Uh, I mean, uh, you don't need you you can fire anybody because you lo- you lost confidence in their ability to do their job. Right. So, I mean, uh, what General Bedrock could do, you know, or the you know, or the seat, or even um, or will higher than him. You know, they could say, "Look, I lost confidence in in your ability to, uh, you know, to do your job, so you're fired." So that could happen to the mid guy. That could happen. The mid guy could have done it to you know people below him. Uh, but right now, you know that that uh, that would send a message that we're not going to tolerate this stuff. But what I think is um, it sent a confusing message. Yeah, because the I, guy would say, "But I didn't cheat on my wife." No, no, no! I lost confidence on you for another reason, but but that's what this is about, right? See what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, obviously, it would be that uh, you know he's speaking out of turn. You know, and, uh, <laughs> they, don't, they don't get fired for that, though. That's not one. Well, you oh, know, man, I'm sorry, I'm being a dick. Sorry, but it should be one because you know of we're not supposed to. You know, we're not supposed to get involved in that stuff. No, of course it should. And uh, you know, because they'll tell you um, if if you have the opposite opinion, you will get fired. Like uh, if you if you know if you if if uh, like say a regimental commander or a battalion commander was to react to uh, you know one of these uh, morons you see on uh, some of the other uh, networks 
like MSNBC, who's criticizing the you know Marine Corps or something, and they're to say, you know, hey, you know, you're full of shit, blah blah blah. They do basically the same type of thing, you know, but it's against the you know one of the uh, approved uh, entities. Well, you know, that's not even a good. I'll give you a better example. Drew Watson, after Krulak said we should stop doing the McCrest hike, we don't have enough time in the schedule to to work up to it. And Drew Watson goes, "Oh yeah, we do." And he works up his company, and his company does the McCrest hike. Furness was one of his SPCs, and what happened to him? Okay, hold on. I don't. What goes on in this meeting that we walk out and and for a week now nobody has said shit. What don't well, I, we? I can, I what can don't guess. we? What don't we understand in the discussion in those high-level staff meetings that they walk out and say, "Yeah, the right thing to do is not to accept responsibility for it, not rebuke that it happened, not relieve somebody, and not apologize." Right? Yeah, that's what happened. They, they're not doing that. I know. Just, so, so, so what, what, what's that? But what does that tell you? What do you, so you ask, got a command. So, I'm asking command you, what discussion went on that 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 that, that that's the right COA? Yeah. An, an ineffective well, discussion amongst people that are not getting the goddamn message, man. The, 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 I mean, those people might well be looking at the at the popular press and saying, eh, it's 50-50 as uh, how this is going to come out. They might be playing, I, who knows? Because what Will's been saying all along is, is the only correct answer. We all know what they're supposed to do, but they shouldn't have been involved in a Twitter. Who the fuck gets in a Twitter war with the most popular cable news con- broadcaster in the nation. How how stupid is Clearly, that? No, no, it absolutely is stupid. Absolutely, it absolutely is stupid, but it's not being treated like a stupid thing. It's right. being treated like, I don't know, because nobody said anything, and now the sun is going down Wednesday yeah. in the United States of America. This happened on Saturday. Yeah. Okay, this happened Friday, I Saturday. I so, understand what you're saying. Here's... What I've seen a lot of in the last actually 10 years is the silence of command where they don't want to they don't want to comment on an issue. They let it go for a while, you know, to see which way the mop is going to flop. That's bad leadership. That's moral cowardice. But I've seen a lot of it. You know, you don't make it. You don't want to make a comment. It's like. Uh, and so consequently, I think it might be that. Or you know what else, Mac, it might be? It might be from on high someone said, yeah, we like that these guys did this, and uh, we're, we're, we will not back up any kind of uh, disciplinary action against them. Wow. But we don't really know, do we? Cause no, no we don't because there's, nobody said anything. Right. And so I, in the absence of a statement of some kind by the Marine Corps, you know, I get, you're left to wonder. Maybe that's the message. People like us are, are – are, are archaic. Our expectations are not modern. Maybe we're the guys that are missing the freaking boat here. But I just can't refuse to say that. Us, us, and about you know two hundred million other people in America. All right. I, again, I, that's what I. And again, I, I really hadn't thought about that. Millie's response. Where is he? You know, where's Gen, where, where's General Berger's response? You know, because yeah, yeah. again, I, I think the most, the lowest hanging, ripest piece of fruit is this is not what we do and we sure as we sure as fuck don't do it on an official united states marine corps organizational twitter account so mr carlson let me apologize to you for the behavior of my organization 
period. Yeah, and if, and if we're going to take a knee, that should be on a rifle range. I don't know what the hell that guy's talking about. Way well, too much kneeling. Nah, it's the, you know, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, when you don't have an answer to a valid criticism, you, you just go ahead and counterattack the criticizer. Yeah, but, again, say, but, guys, again, but again, what was silent? All right, so let's talk about the uh, next thing I want to talk about is the culture in which this would actually happen and a commanding officer would applaud it, which happened, uh, I believe, on, on Friday. Uh, that The master gunnery sergeant, Stalker, he puts out his video, I think, Friday morning. Um, and then uh, the 2MEF information group Twitter account um, takes a swipe at Tucker Carlson, you know, blah, 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 blah. It gets applauded by the commanding officer of that group. How far have we, we just talked about no apology. How far, I mean, has this thing um, in terms of culturally? Yeah, is this, uh, you know, is this the social dilemma? You know, the, the commanding officer was applauding because of how many likes it had gotten on Twitter. So your, your, your measure of the right thing is how many likes you get. And so this thing probably got more likes than anything in the history of the 2MEF information group Twitter account. So therefore, you did good, so we did good, as opposed to um, what's the right thing. I don't think it ever entered. It obviously, well, I don't know. It may have entered his his headspace. He may have thought this is the right thing, which is even a worse commentary on the culture. Um, yeah, but you know, Tim's point earlier. What? It's not that they got in a, a Twitter war with the most popular cable news. It's the fact that they got in a Twitter war with anyone over anything is bizarre to us um it's and and then if you again if you go back and listen to the segment on tuesday which if you haven't listened to it uh, do it because what i do is i play tucker carlson's uh you know piece um i play the master sergeant stalker's piece and i go in chronological order through the tweets that happen and and so if Friday wasn't good enough getting into it with an individual American journalist in an official Marine Corps Twitter account, it picks up again Saturday afternoon. And not only mm-hmm. it, and, and then it goes after individuals who had responded to it. And we're going to play tit for tat with, with them. And then when it doesn't, it's like it's like watching one of those um, speedboats on the water when they get airborne. And they go up, and then then they're going backwards. You're like, oh, 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 oh. You can see them the whole taking a knee. Uh, we're aggressive by nature. You know, you can forgive us of that. We need your support. All of a sudden, and then it goes silent. And there's been nothing from that Twitter account since Saturday afternoon, <laughs> which is ought well, to shock nobody, right? But and, and so you're you're down taking the task individuals. Who said shit like, how about we worry about China and leave individual American journalists alone? 
right? Yeah. And, and so people that said stuff like that, they were then engaged by this guy. So uh, is the culture that far removed from this is not what we do? Yeah, I think it's getting bad. Obviously. Command screening boards, uh, you know, um, they're going to um, – you think they're? I tell you, I told you. you know, it's my opinion. When they go, those guys watched General Barrow on uh, in front of Congress, they said, "This is this. We don't want another guy like this ever again. We want docile people who go along. We want people who are going to piss their pants when Kristen Gillibrand says, "Isn't this Marines United thing the worst thing that's ever happened to our Corps?" And he says. He doesn't come back and say, that's bullshit. I got a core full of great guys. I got a couple of jerk-offs. But these guys are exercising their First Amendment. You're out of line, ma'am. He doesn't say that. He fucking roll. He folds up like an old newspaper. And that's the problem we got. That was a couple of years ago. Now it's even worse. Things like that don't get better. People don't develop spines, you know, uh, without any kind of rigor applied to it. Oh, no. These guys are going to either keep their mouth shut and hope that they just hope that, you know, someday we'll go to war and I'll be a hero. I'll do a great job as a commander. And they don't see the fact that every time you don't stand up for what's right and every time you let injustice happen to your people, that you're weakening yourself. You're weakening that part of yourself that can actually win fights. They don't see it that way, but that's what happens. Well, and again, guy, and again, the, guy, the culture, the, the Twitter thing, right? I mean, reacting to Twitter, probably not a good thing, right? Right. As, as, as an organization. However, Absolutely. though, there was a sergeant in the Marine Corps, what, a month ago? She, she a very emotional Twitter video, right? She launched about the fact that, that the person that had harassed her, right, and got NJP'd was not going to be booted out of the Marine Corps the way she thought it was. And the Marine Corps institutionally reacted to it that day. Huh. That day. The truth is, the DOD cares. The DOD yes. made a comment, I believe, and said, we are aware of it. The Marine Corps ha has it for action. I believe. Is the culture changing? Obviously it is. But but if you think this is just kind of the incremental thing that will come and write itself somehow, I, I don't see it. I, I, when we've talked about this in the past, I'll say it again. There's only one way this gets fixed. And that's with a great bloodletting, a big, nasty defeat. Everybody taking a bite of the shit sandwich. Because what, what the other thing you couldn't talk about back when, with what Jeff was just mentioning, as far as our, our former commandant, the, I'm sorry, the guy from Louisiana, Burroughs, you also couldn't mention the fact that what another thing that Army said was never going to happen again was to have the goddamn Marine Corps running 90% of an island during a, during a mission, I'm talking Grenada, and for the length of our careers talking about Grenada in a substantive manner was verboten because our performance was so markedly different than everybody else's. And I think that's something we should be harping on today because I think the force and readiness concept is the only concept that justifies the Marine Corps. Otherwise, what the hell are we? Missile guys hiding on islands? I don't think so. Hey, you know, Mac, when you talk about culture too, um, the biography of uh, uh, Secretary Austin's uh, PAO, uh, Admiral Kirby, you know, retired, uh, went right to work 
for the State Department uh, during the Trump years, not sure where he was, immediately comes back. Um, the idea that he was apolitical while in uniform really just doesn't pass the giggle test now. And, and that damages, again, it damages this idea of an apolitical military. Um, and that guy was out applauding. Uh, you know, he was part of the attack. Well, he's a partisan now, right. but he was part of the attack. Uh, and so all the other, uh, you know, outward-facing organizations within the DOD take their lead from that and think that that's appropriate uh, for them to do. I mean, Admiral Kirby, because he does still go by Admiral Kirby, even though he's in a civilian position. Wow. Um, you know, we've crossed, we've crossed huge lines here. Um, and, and I'll tell you, you know, we've talked about retired generals and politicization, et cetera. I have no problem of anyone that retires and enters uh, a legislative contest and puts themselves forward as a candidate. You're, you're a, you're an avowed partisan now. You're a recognized partisan. You signed up with a particular political party and an ideology. It troubles me if you append general whatever, whatever, whatever retired to it. The, the partisanship that bothers me is when retired flag officers espouse political opinions um, and try and hide behind the idea that they're not partisans now right. and that that doesn't impact the active duty on duty force. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, a, a big piece of this history, unfortunately, is uh, PX Kelly. Uh, he was one of the first that came out uh, to endorse a presidential candidate and uh, canvas other senior leaders to do the same thing. It's unfortunate that it happened. And I don't care which side they're on. Right. It's not appropriate. At that point, fade away. Right. And don't damage the relationship and the country. But people see, oh, you know, uh, uh, when the whole thing with Millie and Trump at the, the photo op, you know, there was articles by who? Uh, Emerald Mullen. Oh, I felt I just had to speak out. Right. John Allen, I had to speak out. Really? It's, 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 it's not that hard to keep your mouth shut. There's yeah. an activity to opening your mouth. It's not that hard to keep your mouth shut. And you, and you would hope that a former chairman, another four-star, would be bigger than that, but they're not. They're not. Uh well, and, and then again, to me, then, 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 so if you start with that, that's the state of affairs for retired guys. And, and, and so then it, then it bleeds backwards into the force. Right. And so to me, here's what I, here's what I would hope. What I, the re, what I would hope is, you know, is that the reason you hear the silence is that you're going to hear, you know, there's going to be an all Mar, there's going to be an all DOD memo put out by Millie and it's going to be coordinated with the commandant and you're going to see you're, you're going to see a reminder to everybody this is who we are this is what we do these are things we do not do 
this is the United States of America, you know, governed by our Constitution. We have a role to play here, and we as leaders understand that role. That's what I hope is the reason for the silence that there there is going yeah, to going. You're, you're out of your mind. <laughs> think, think about think about this too. Come on, what do you mean what I'm out of my mind? What happens in 2024 if a conservative gets elected to be the president and he looks at everyone in uniform? Does he trust? Why does he trust situation again? Well, does he trust? Uh, that, that's not fair, right? Trump had a pretty apolitical chairman. Oh, he did. He did. But Absolutely. I don't think he trusted him towards the end, though. But, but I mean, not not him, but the the system. I'm just saying now, now. Why would anyone of a different political persuasion right. trust anyone who's serving? And the president doesn't talk to a lot of PFCs. You know, he actually doesn't even talk to a lot of generals. He only talks to a few of them. Why would you trust any of them, having seen this, that they're going to give you? unvarnished best military advice on how to accomplish uh, what we need to accomplish to deter our enemies and defend the nation when you see this. And that is one of the worst things that can happen to this country. Yeah. Uh, that's where, and that's uh, where we are. Do you think, do you think that begs this question? Do you think they see it in that context? Obviously not. Right. Obviously not. There was, I know one guy who sees it, who saw it that way. And we know who he is. I don't know that the rest of them do. And uh, I don't know. I, I mean, you can get to be a four-star general and a service chief and a command commander and a chairman and, and obviously not be very sophisticated uh, or thoughtful. We've seen that. Yeah, Ooh, wow. that's nice. That, that's, that's, slipping, it, that's slipping the knife between the ribs. Good and slow. I want good to join the patrician party. General, all those guys. General Allen, he wanted to rejoin. He wanted to be one of the players again. Well, I want to believe that we're going to see something. I, I, I can't. I'm so, so, so what? Crickets? Nothing no, to man. see here, boys. Well, let me tell you something, though, Mac. You, you, you got. You bring up a good point. You might actually see something, and I'll tell you why. Because that would be the smart thing for them to do, even especially if they're like like Will says, because they don't want that to be out there. So they put something out, some kind of bland fucking, you know, warm milk Cheerios statement saying, you know, we don't need to be, you know, criticizing, uh, you know, journalists and, uh, you know, individual American citizens about their opinions. You know, our job is to just do our job and blah, blah, blah. That's what they would do if they were smart. But uh, my guess is they're not smart, and they'll either not say anything and let this thing just sit as it is, which is really shitty, or you know they'll uh, you know they'll uh, they'll condemn uh, you know the uh, the rise of uh, conservative media in the form of Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and people over at Newsmax. I, 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 I can't. I cannot imagine. Say, think that, uh, you know that we should. They should be sued. So that they'll cool their jets. I can't imagine can't that. I cannot imagine the CG of two meth. You know, I can't imagine the Commandant of the Marine Corps not rebuking this. I, it's, well, well I, I tell you, I'll give you some hope because 
maybe they recognize this as a chance to slay the dragon, which is to ban social media. Remember, we, we joined the military. You don't have rights in the military. You're sacrificing your rights to protect everybody else's rights. Does Delta Force guys, do they have a, a, a Facebook page? Oh, hell no, because they're high speed, low drag. Everybody should aspire to be like that, too. This this could be the one reason why Kamenak could come right out and say no more Twitter accounts, because who the hell's on Twitter anyway but weirdos? Uh, I mean, that's who cares? That's a no more, yeah, no more yeah, Facebook. Timmy, I don't no, know if nothing. it was it really hot down there today. I don't think that that has a – yeah, I don't – Oh, well, see – now, you're just like my goddamn public administration teacher who, when I said, you want to do something about diabetes down here in the fattest city in the country, ban outdoor advertising, get everybody's attention. And, and everybody's explaining to me why that could never happen, even though it's happened in Brazil and Austria or some bullshit. <laughs> you know, and nobody nobody wants to, nobody's committed enough to take the big, bold move. I'm just telling you that's what he should do right now. The big, bold one. Okay. No more of this. You're saying that's what he should do. I thought you were that's saying what I, that's, that's what, what I, I'm just, maybe I, hey, listen, he'll do for that. For all I know, they're listening. You know, a lot of people, they get some good gouge off of here, bro. So I'm just going ahead. Well, and no, I just, I just cannot believe that after watching that, and seeing the kerfuffle created across the country, knowing how how out of you know how out of their lane they are, that nobody says shit and nothing happens to anybody. I just can't. I I just I refuse to believe that. I don't give a shit what we're. How much? Says. How much? How much? We're gonna we're gonna bet that we're gonna be. Uh, they're not gonna hear one before next week. We'll we'll be taping next week and and it'll still be crickets. What do you think? Yes well, or no? Now it's like I'm kind of looking forward to something. <laughs> I mean, no, I, 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 hey, we'll have I before this. How about that? I'll be, I'll be in a play. Hey, I'm a believer. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, I'm a believer, man. I'm a jihadist. I believe in the organization, man. It cannot allow this. It cannot. And so fuck will, man. I think that, that the, both the commandant and General Boudreau will come out and they will they will hammer this. I believe. I believe. If you got some inside info. And you're no, I up. don't. I, I don't have shit. I wish I did. Yeah. Right? Nobody's saying shit yeah. about this. Well, it's too it fucking hot. Out, do Listen, it. I'm going to say you. You have just lost your card <laughs> as the biggest pessimist on all Marine Radio. That's true. I you know have what? always said, the glass is never half empty or half full. <laughs> The glass is broken with a couple of drops of dirty water in it. All right, you, you, your optimism is just not within my worldview. You'll pay. You'll, uh, you all, okay. all of you will pay. All of you will pay. You will all learn, right? You will all learn that we'll, this was uh, just we'll a. Next this week was just a front leaning rest. <laughs> this is just a very <laughs> deliberate reaction. They probably sent the draft to you to go over it. No, no, I don't know yeah, shit. Yeah. I, I, oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm hiding it on the down low, and then I, yeah. I'm t- in order to make myself look good. Yeah, there you go. Um, I would expect nothing less. Oh my god! Did you say the Chowder Club? Those assholes who <laughs> thought they were saving the Marine Corps after the Second World War. Now they have the Man Chowder Club. <laughs> And they and you're the fucking editor of yeah it, yeah oh yeah that's what would happen the um no I just I cannot fathom I can't uh, uh, another course of action I I right. simply don't I simply don't get it so so yeah, I, I'm you're just saying. they got to do something I, I'm just Maybe. I, I have both fingers crossed that at some point the commandant says hey uh, General Boudreau and I have uh, 
Um, I, I asked you to come here today to uh, to MEF and Camp Lejeune uh, talk about something pretty serious to the Marine Corps. And uh, we had a little incident that happened that uh, that has made all of us uneasy. And and act like Marines act, which is to, complete, to take complete responsibility for it, say that we can be better, we will be better, and these are the steps we're going to take. I mean, that's what I, that's what I write it down. That's what I think is going to happen. And I think it's going to happen at 1630 next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck all three of you guys. Now... Let me let's talk about this. Um, the story, though, that Tucker Carlson um, is was was highlighting was is the United States and the President of the United States, Joe Biden in particular, is he more interested in in having a woke military, right? that is concerned about all these other issues, or is he more concerned about being ready to fight China? And hey. right. And so, so to me, I, I want to talk about that because that's not, that's not a faint issue because the only thing that's at stake now is the rules based order of the planet. And if you lose that one, right. Tell your kids to start learning Mandarin because the Chinese will call the shots. And I think Will said, I don't think in that race, it doesn't matter if you're second or 200th. Yeah. You're not first anymore. And when we lose the rules-based order, which, was a, which is what came out of the fight in World War II, right, that has seen the peace and prosperity on this planet for a long, long time, that's what's at stake here. And if the United States doesn't have a military that can back up, you know, what it says— you know, it's um, and and we all know we're already down the road. You know, we've watched the Navy struggle for God's sakes terribly. You know, we we've watched these discussions on standards. You know, and 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 we always get told the standard is not going to change, and then the standard does change. And I mean, again, the most glaring, right? The most glaring example. You know, we, we, we've talked about the ground combat integration study. And again, look, this is not an argument against women. This is, look, if women can do it, so be it. And there's going to be unicorns that can. So be it. But the standard shouldn't change. And so, um, you know, now, so we all know what, what happened in the, with the ground combat integration uh, study that was done. And again, by guys of incredible integrity, George Smith, you know, you know, authored by Joe Dunford, right? Guys beyond reproach. And so to me, um, now you look at the Army, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars probably spent on this thing, at least millions of dollars spent on the development, you know, of this Army physical fitness test. It is not giving the results that people want. And so what's, so you have Kristen Hillbrand, you have, um, you know, Senator Blumenthal, former Marine, you know, Screaming that this thing needs to be stopped before it adversely impacts the careers of, of females, and so it will, and so that standard will be will be changed, and so this is a big deal because right? it deals with capabilities, right, and the and the dropping of standards, you know, for our military, and you know, again, it's um, you know, there's an old Marine Corps, you know. Lance Corporal saying, 
on liberty, and that is if they don't meet your standards, lower them, okay? That's a joke, okay? Well, it's not to them, especially after midnight, all right? And that's when you most often hear that. But it's never to be applied to the, to the way we prepare, you know, and train for war. And yet that's what it seems like, and that's the issue that Tucker Carlson was, was getting at. And the, and the Colonel McGregor that he had on on Monday night talk, talked to that and said, look, this has been going on for a while, right? And now who's going to get in the way of the modification of standards, right, um, and say, yeah, this is wrong? Yeah, sure. Mac, you asked a question up front that really didn't have to do with standards. It had to do with, is the president focused on deterring enemies or being ready to fight them or on a woke military? Well, the, what is the first thing that, that General Austin came out and talked about when he became the secretary? Well, the Internal first two the, enemies. Right. The, the first yeah. two what's, things were, yeah. Yeah, what's the... What's, yeah, what's the only thing that the president has talked about in the military? White supremacists. No, the only thing the president talked about was when he promoted those two female generals mm-hmm. and how we're making the military culture acceptable. So the question is answered that those two people, the top two in the chain of command of the military, are not focused on those other things. Right. We can talk about standards all we want after that, but it's obvious what they are focused on and what they're focused on is this internal thing to make us feel good about ourselves. Well, it won't make me feel good about ourselves. Yeah, we, we can have the standards discussion now, but the question yeah. you asked up front was that first one. Yeah, it's true. obvious by their actions what they're focused on. Well, I mean, so I think we're going to... Um, I think they're just going to uh, lower the standards, and, and then they're going to say, we didn't lower them, we changed them to be more appropriate to the modern battlefield. And just like Colonel McGregor said, they're going to use what we did in Iraq and Afghanistan as evidence to how war has changed. You're always in a Humvee or an MRAP now. You're not having to hump hills and stuff like that. There's no, there's very little hand-to-hand stuff. There isn't any. It's all really, you know, how smart you are in regarding to how you can handle, you know, your uh, your personal drone and all this other shit. And uh, based on what us us doing in the coin operations in Iraq and Afghanistan, that that will be the uh, you know the excuse they use to have shit standards, which we're heading towards. And it, and the uh, the standards that they used to like during the Second World War, they had uh, they had standards and like uh, there's two guys you know that you should think about, Audie Murphy and uh, and Roger Young were these two soldiers. Everyone knows Audie Murphy. He he almost didn't get in the army because he was so he was so malnutrition he had so undernourished that he didn't pass the physical because he was dangerously underweight he basically was like a guy in his first six weeks in auschwitz because how poor he was well the marine corps turns him away right yeah the marine corps and the army turned him away at first he he worked up he worked on it you know he got a little bit of child somehow and he got to where he could pass and this guy roger young even worse had an injury as a kid where his national guard unit got activated and uh he was like half blind and almost deaf 
but he managed to pass the physical, you know, probably by, uh, you know, by learning how they do the hearing test or whatever, but he passed. Now both those guys um, got the medal of honor and uh, Roger Young died in New Georgia in 1943 doing it. And uh, the strength of those guys isn't the fact that, and the strength of our organization in those days wasn't the fact that the standards wouldn't allow these guys to serve. It was the fact that the first test that these two guys had to overcome in order to fight for freedom was to overcome those standards, to get to where they could pass, which brought out the inner spirit of these guys. And, and that's what happens when you have, when you have you know, realistic standards that are hard to, to make. A lot of people their true character comes out in making that standard. But if you just say, well, I'm going to lower the standard so more of more people can make it. Well, then you've, uh, you've done a disservice to yourself and to your service. You know, do you remember in, uh, with the old breed sledge yeah. talking about trying to get, in. get in at first because of a heart. He moment. was, con- and, and you had to be able to expand your chest to like 36 right. inches or something. Right. And he aspired to that and sledge is is the marine that you want in yeah. your unit everyone admired him he always felt obligated to do his job he never thought he was bigger than anything there and you know to to reinforce what what jeff said about a standard and and how you achieve it uh is as important as perhaps as as what the standard is or describes um yeah Right. You know, I was in grammar school. We had a, a fourth grade teacher, Miss Grover. That's how I found out about this Roger Young guy. She s- made us sing a song, The Ballad of Roger Young, which was written, I guess, you know, in 1944. And I, I remember it to this day. You know, it's like, shines the name, shines the name of Roger Young, fought and died for the men. You know, and it was like, uh, he was, th- the teachers revered him. This is Connecticut. Hartford, Connecticut public school, Noah Webster public school. And she would get all teary eyed about this guy, Roger Young, who's from Ohio and died when he was 25 years old, you know, Georgia. And, uh, that is part of it too. The part of it that the culture appreciates, uh, a, a person who overcomes. And there are so many things wrong with what we're going through now <laughs> that a lot of it is that too. Can you imagine, can you imagine what school, would sing about Roger Young. No, they're busy singing about wet ass pussy now on the on TV and stuff. You know, it's like, is there any hope left for us? You know, what I mean? a uh, a literary reference to Roger Young in a book you all know. Oh, uh, um, um, uh, about face by Hackworth. Starship yeah. Troopers. Huh? Starship oh, really? Troopers. Oh no way! That yeah, was the ship too. Hackworth yeah. talks about too. But yeah, that's right. You're right about that. And the recall song that they played was Shine's Name, Roger Young. Yeah. Fought and died for the man you watched the Yep. Yeah. You know, Sorry I, to segue I, off of your standards argument, Mac. No, 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 no. I, 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 you know, again, but the way you define it, again, if, if, as Jeff said, if it's defined by Iraq and Afghanistan, then anybody could do it. Right? So, if, if, if you, again, I, I, I recall this the other day, but, you know, if, if you throw in the last time we fought a pier and say we've at least got to be able to do those things, which is, in my opinion is the northern part of I-Corps in Vietnam, right? That's the last time we closed with a pier. 
who had come to put our head on a stick. Um, and just coincidentally, um, I got somebody sent me the PDF of Hill of Angels about Contien, and I sent that to everybody. I, you guys probably have it, but um, it's a pretty sobering look at a few years in a pretty – oh, look at that. Um, and uh, Yeah, my no, son gave that to me. Oh, yeah. How do you Former know? Former sergeant, USMCR. How do you know you raised a good kid? But if if that's at all part of your of your requirement, your physical standards better be rugged. Yeah, they better be because because let me tell you, I mean, have we ever fought a war like we fought in Iraq and Afghanistan? Now the 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 people certainly carry more weight than we used to. Okay, mm-hmm. and so to me. If, 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 as we analyze what, you know, Marines have to do and ought to be capable of doing, it ought to be a severe test, boys, because you cannot lose. We all know Mike Etor, right? Right. And Timmy, Timmy mentioned Grenada. Grenada is nothing like the Northern I-Corps. It's nothing like, you know, uh, the, the World War II or, or the, you know, the Korea. But I have to tell you, Mike says all that physical shit we do, when they got to Grenada, they were shocked at the change in climate and the fact they had to hump those hills. He said, if you ever talked to him about it, he said, you know, he was, he lost like 15 pounds in like three or four days. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's not two eights fault that they had Grenada instead of Saipan. And it's not, you know, the guys who went to Iraq or Afghanistan's fault that, you know, we didn't have a peer to fight. So we, you got to make sure we say that, hey, it's nothing against those guys. But the truth is, they didn't really, and we didn't really have to have that awful gut check like those guys there at Contien between 67 and 69 did, you know? Yeah, and, oh, and institutionally, but- we didn't have the gut check in Iraq and Afghanistan. But there were units, and there were moments, yes, there were many yeah. units, um, yeah, I was a CEO of first LER. Everyone had a seat in a vehicle that rode around. But I'll tell you one, we got dismounted one time for about uh, almost 72 straight hours. We were trying to chase some people down. And uh, I've got a picture of, uh, of my gunner, a guy named Jim Twilliger, former force recon guy, pound for pound, one of the all-time tough guys I've ever met. And, uh, and a picture of him looks like he's dead. And I'm glad they didn't have my picture because I was sitting right next to him. And I, I guarantee I was looking worse. Yeah. Uh, so there's moments even in this motorized mechanized. Yeah. And then let, let's think-, think about the potential missions in South China Sea, islands, tropical, those things. Uh, not all of them are like flat and sandy. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're going to get ashore with limited logistical support. Um just surviving, not even fighting, just yeah, surviving right. that environment. And that doesn't gonna, come out in any of this force design stuff. Yeah. It's not even that, mentioned. And, you know, but and that's, that's a profound uh, factor for sure. Yeah. And, and we and knew it from World War II. We've already learned yeah. that lesson. And the, uh, a part of the difference now is, too, is with your force protection equipment, right, there's never going to be a Marine that goes anywhere. Without helmet, flak, sappy, etc., and that stuff will kill you, kill you faster than someone shooting at you, and, t- and, yes. and because you don't get shot at all that often. 
Well, um, and then the you, idea then you have that general, the environment has changed. You have Colonel Zinni. You have Colonel Zinni's thought. You know, hey, I'm an anti-helmet and flak jacket guy. I think for every one guy it saved, it killed ten. Right, and that's in that that thing he did. He said, "Look, they ought to be like any other piece of your uh, of your kit. It, it, you are task organized for the mission at hand, right? And if if it's not required because of we're moving quick, you know, blah blah blah. Then you, but you have commanders that would never make that decision now. No, institutionally, that is an impossible right. decision to make. You know, right. you're right. Like when I got wounded, you should read my fucking PCR. It's a haberdashery report." He was wearing his safety glasses and his neck protector, which I wasn't, and his groin protector and his side sappies. Where my side sappies were, I had two paperback books because those <laughs> fuck. It's just I couldn't stand any more shit on me. And uh, you know, you know, gloves. And that was a required because, entry. Yeah, they're so afraid that you would get hurt, and they could say, "Well, if he was wearing his fucking." Groin protector, he wouldn't have got his balls blown off and hung himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, those are required, and, and they're required to deploy. It's You're required to have that equipment. Yeah. And I believe... Uh, General Zinni saying, to, let a commander have leeway, right. and yeah. don't fucking nail him afterwards. Whereas it's, it's, we're, we're but again, out. that that ship has sailed. Yeah, That ship has absolutely sailed. Yeah, well, let me tell you, until you begin... You're going to go exercising in that weather, in that environment, on a sustained basis, and that's how you're going to operate. Fuck, man. Yeah, dude, that's hard. That's yeah. hard, man. Yeah. I, that prickly heat gets all over you after a while. God oh, man. That's so miserable. Shit's and you're fucking monkeys, too. Monkeys will torture your ass. squad leader who's 24 years old. That's what they're worried about. I remember, th I'm thinking now, we haven't really talked about this, but what. How are you going to get a 24-year-old tough guy if you can't get an 18-year-old tough guy? I mean, where what pool are these guys going to come from and show up at 24 being tough guys already? I mean, I was a pretty tough guy when I was 24, but if I hadn't shown up at Paris Island at 17, I wouldn't have been that same guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I just, again, to me – as we talked about, so you begin to define the skill set that you're looking for in terms of standards, and and the thing we constantly hear is the standards aren't going to get changed, and the standards do change, and and that was that was the thrust of what Tucker Carlson. Are we focused on war fighting? Are we focused on operational excellence? And then Grant Newsham, you know, he comes on. He said, "Look, I just watched Admiral Davidson's testimony in open session in front of the Senate Armed Service Committee, and he does talk about excellence." He doesn't talk about the Chinese superiority, uh, numer numerical superiority in the theater relative to ships. He doesn't talk about their qualitative, right, uh, becoming a peer in terms of quality of systems, right? But he does talk about extremism, and he does talk about um, what's the right buzzword for uh, inclusion, right? He does talk about those things. And he said, so if you ask me what we're preoccupied with, you know, we're preoccupied you know, with the wrong things. Now, again, every one of us would say, hey, you show me somebody who's harassing somebody, somebody who's hazing anybody, I will fucking crush them. Okay? But that's got to take a back seat to operational excellence. It has to. Because that's what we, we're about. And so none of us fucks around with any of that stuff. We play by one set of the rules. 
There's one fucking color in the Marine Corps, and that's green or coyote or whatever the fuck we're wearing. We don't play that those bullshit games, right? And again, I think all of us would say, if a woman can fucking do it, then grab your shit, let's fucking go. Okay? But the trend in the American military is to lower the fucking standards. And that's just a fact. And pretend pretend things are true that aren't true. Right. And everybody's supposed to... It's been that way too. Pretend stuff that isn't true is true. That's that's the American... uh, That's the new American motto. Right. And again, that question to Will last week. You know, if you if you're a stickler for standards, will you will you progress beyond the rank of brigadier general? Answer: Hell no, hell no. All right. Think of uh, PK Van Riper, right? Uh, he had a standard for how companies were going to be attired going to the field. He had that standard because he lost Marines in Vietnam. The standard was based on real world experience. And as you would march up the hill out of Camp Schwab, he would pop out of the regimental CP at 4th Marines. And if you were not in the SOP uniform, he'd send your company back down to get unasked and ask your battalion commander to come have coffee or whatever up with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he was known as a standards guy at 2nd Mardiv. But he was also... Uh, a thoughtful, deep thinking. And again, you can be a Martinet or there can be a reason for your standard. Right. You would think that our fitness standards have a reason behind them because they're based on, you know, years and years of experience in combat. So these are not capricious. We didn't pull them out of our ass. The Army physical fitness test you would hope would be based on something like that. And if people can't pass it, that's not the standards fault. Um, but as a chief of staff of the army, going to go to war over that? No, it would cost him his Let's career. Right. No. Well, the thing is, I mean, he's had his career again at some point. When do you become George Washington and do the right thing? You don't have that muscle anymore because you haven't used it in years. Yeah. You, and- you, you don't, these guys think they're going to become heroes when it counts. They're not. Well, let me and, ask you a question. Hackworth, so, Hackworth was all over that, you know, 25 yeah. years ago, 30 yeah. years ago. So does it cost them their position on different boards? Is that why? Like, look, I'm not saying shit if I have a mouthful of it. So what's, I, I don't know. I wonder about that myself. Well, they, why they, not? They, I don't, they can't be that I don't, specific. No, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't, uh, I don't think a lot of them envision life after until it's like right in front of them. And all of a sudden I got to have a life after, but, but there's significant peer pressure there. And to what um, not tell the truth, Mac, they stay within the, yes, within the norms. Yes. Stay within the norms. Play well within the sand. Yeah. The Overton window is not what, where you think it is, bro. The Overton window for them is shifted. What's the Overton window? I don't. I don't. The uh, Overton window is a term they use for what's allowable to be discussed. What we're allowed to talk about. We're allowed to talk about which of the three vaccines might be better. We're not allowed to talk about the fact that we don't need to, shouldn't have be vaccines to begin with. 
That's so so we're not allowed to talk about that we're not very disciplined anymore? I'm just saying that for the generals, the Overton Because nobody else what they talk about. Only, one, only one general in the Marine Corps talked about that. Even though everybody knows it's a fucking issue, we're not allowed yeah. to talk about that? No, I'm, not, I'm just saying they're not talking about it. I'm not saying what they're allowed or not allowed to do. I know, but why? The Overton window has shifted because that's where our culture has shifted. They're responding, I think, to what they see above them. So what's I the imagine. difference between playing the Emperor's New Clothes and the Overton window? The Emperor's New Clothes involves you actually pointing out something that would be outside the Overton window to everybody else because they didn't want to talk about it. Well, that's what see? It's you being a dick, Mac. Yeah. And that's not bad. I'm, pardon me? I'm a dick, too. But yeah, yeah. You're outside the Overton window, bro. They're Overton window and you're Overton window. Only one of us is wearing a Tom Selleck shirt, though. Hey, can I say one thing here? Nice shirt, I I got to do a little nightingale. Tim, I agree with you that, yes, you're a dick. (laughs) There you go. With a Tom Selleck shirt on, too. I love it. He should. (laughs) And Will should know about that. (laughs) No, that's what I, I, again, I just don't understand. I mean, everybody knows. Um, I mean, when the whole issue of discipline came up, nobody said shit. Nobody said shit That's to right. include the commandant, who to include the commandant who knew it was a problem too. Nobody says uh, shit. So I, I mean, I, I, again, so based on that, like, why would I hope that there's going to be this concerted, like, statement coming down on all the right things? Because I'm like that. I'm a believer. Okay, Mac. Mac, no one ever accused you of being that smart. So, yeah. <laughs> well, what are you gonna What are you gonna do when they uh, shit can the new rifle qual? I'm telling you right now, they're gonna do that to, for the same reason. You wait and see. That's my prediction for 2021. What will I say? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I don't same know what I'll thing. say. I don't know what I'll say. I, I just, again, I just, I mean, the issue is so. So, I mean, how does how do we get the standard, right? I mean, do we not look at what Marines did? In the northern part of I Corps in Vietnam, that's that's 50 years ago, all right. So within the last 50 years, what have we been called upon to do? What might we do the same things? Might me yeah. might in guarding in guarding missile sites, might we be required to do the, the things they did at Quezon? You know, might we to live like that? Might we be we be required to go up mountains and take out? You know, to close with and take people out. You know? We had Marine Infantry Battalions doing those kinds of things in Afghanistan. Oh, oh yeah, McManus and his boys went humping all over Kunar Province back in two thousand five. Yeah. Yeah. They were out. They were. They were well, out there. That's true. And it's moving just, and shooting. We didn't have the level of casualties they had up there in like the uh, in the DMZ area of uh, Vietnam. I think that's what. Oh, Max, they, they, uh, they, yeah, they never ran into anybody. Close you're to right. I'll tell you what, like if you were stationed at Kajaki. Uh, up there in uh, the uh, northern part of Helmand or the northeastern part of Helmand, right. every day those guys would go to OP Shrine over to Unknown Left, these like hill masses, and it was a motherfucker of a hump. And uh, I'm talking, it was what you'd think, Afghanistan mountains. And, uh, you know, and a couple times they got shot up. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was rough. So, and, and also they live like shit too. I mean, we're talking Wagbag City. You know, there's no fucking, uh, not even any porta johns. Ex- you go to Nowzad ex- or explain uh, wagbag. Or, explain wa- wagbag. Wagbag's fucking portable shitter, really. You, they, they'd make like a a, a one holer, 
like a, a, a piece of plywood with a hole in it. You could attach the wag bag to the hole, shit in it, and then it had like chemicals in it. You could throw it in the wag bag box, and then it would be, uh, you know, just disposed of later on. But uh, Kajaki um, um, uh, and Nowzad both had them. So, like, uh, for instance, um, when uh, like uh, three, four was up there, they had like a company in uh, in uh, Moose and a company in Nowzad, a company in Kajaki, and then they had you know their their uh, their garden their headquarters right there in Sangin at Five Jackson, and uh, two of those three places it was Wagbag City. Yeah, and at the same time, the greater experience, you know, was Leatherneck. Yeah, coffee shop. Yeah, uh, right. you know, salsa night and all that stuff. Going yeah, on. Man, now, now Zed, now Zed got a lot better because Raybo started rehabilitating the bazaar. Then I finished that. Now I, I spent a lot of time up in Now Zed. That place wasn't. It wasn't. They had ported jobs by, by two hundred ten. They got. It wasn't that bad. So but I was a, talking to the company commander, who was a one eight guy, been an IOC instructor, had been in Kunar with McManus. I asked him the fuck were you guys going up and down those mountains with helmets and flags for? That's not what we did at Bridgeport. That's not how we were supposed to do it. And he said there were times that he felt that he was going to lose Marines to heat stroke, that they were completely prostate, that completely unable to defend themselves. But he said the mothers of American demands that if any ring gets hurt, he's got a flak and a helmet on. Otherwise, it's, there's something wrong. And he goes, and we lost guys. I don't think killed, mind you, but lost casualties to heat. Of course you're going to lose them to heat. Humping the Swato, whatever the hell that was in the middle of July. Jesus, man, that's that's twelve thousand feet up there. Well, again, I think that's a moderately um, that's a moderately important discussion to have. Um, yeah. Especially, we're not going to fight, you know, in in this discussion about fighting up here. You're going to fight the Chinese that will close with you, with every weapon that we have, right, to put your head on a fucking stick. You got to assume that. Absolutely. Right. I mean, so if, if, if you're not into excellence, you get your fucking ass kicked. So, um, so again, but again, all these things do not bode well for an honest discussion, right? Uh, across the board in a variety of things. So, uh, I'm not sure what to say other than I'm in, I believe in the little engine that could in this case, right? We'll see before we'll see. Before. Quit laughing at me, Timmy, and your stupid ass Tom Selleck shirt. The um. All right, what do you read? I will. I will start because I had a quick one this week that's well worth it. Brand new from Stephen Pressfield, a man at arms. Basically, uh, the story of a Roman of a Roman guy uh, had done his twelve years, got out early, was a was a, a mercenary type guy who guards a mute woman who's going to go back and tell everybody what St. James had said and change and revolutionize Christianity and this unbelievable manhunt that goes across the Mediterranean. It's an awesome, awesome, great story. Because Pressfield does a good job of talking, yeah. Yeah, of talking like the military aspects of terrain from a Roman soldier's perspective. What drills they did every morning to, to learn stuff. That, you know, his, tact, his, his tactical knowledge is pretty impressive. And it was a nice, easy, fast read. It's, it was well worth it. Brand new out, I think, two weeks ago. Jeffrey? And that's well, I'm still reading The Lives of the Twelve Caesars. But I went based on our discussion, I didn't get to tell you guys the most noteworthy thing about Caesar was 
you know, all these guys would write their commentaries uh, about whatever campaign they're in. And usually they're pretty self-serving. But this guy actually mentioned soldiers down to the centurion level and below by name. And when he fucked up and he did fuck up, you know, you know, more than more than a couple times in the in the uh, in his campaigns, he admitted it. But he managed to pull his own shit out of the fire, you know, and uh, and also his appreciation for engineering. The guy was a the guy. Not only could the guy tell speeches and, uh, you know, and he was a he was a, a master engineer. So when he went into battle, he usually prepped the battlefield first. And he 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 made uh, flanking earthworks and uh, entrenchments and stuff like that that he would use later on because he'd figure this thing's going to go one or three ways. And he those trenches that he would have his men dig. And the Roman soldier was uh, if probably a better digger and builder than he was a fighter, and he was a damn good fighter too. And so he would you know he would do that stuff. So when people would read these uh, these. Uh, these commentaries back in Rome, they're like, holy sh! The guy's like admitting to us that he fucked up. His most famous battle was uh, the Battle of Arbella, where he uh, he surrounded Vercingetorix, who was a rebel leader, his encampment, and he he didn't have enough guys to have a you know a, t- a total siege, so he circumvented it. He made a he made a stockade around this guy's fort, complete with moats and everything else, and then a, a huge Gaelic army came from the east over 100,000 guys, and he didn't have the guys to cover that. He built another one facing outboard that was 12 miles around. So he had the nine-mile-around one and the 12, and then he moved his forces in from looking, you know, where they would need to be, and the Gauls couldn't ever coordinate because there's no telegraph then, there's no radio. The pigeon, they couldn't write, you know what I mean? They're Frenchmen, what the fuck do you expect? So, you know, he would move his men back and forth, and he always wore a red cloak so they would know Based, so they would do uh, a lot of times tactics had to be implicit because there's no it was too hard to get communications off. So they saw that fucking red cloak. They knew that was the main effort. So and and later on, I think A.P. Hill, you know, the the gonorrhea ridden uh, commander in the in the south, he did the same type of thing with that red shirt he always wore. You know, his guys would deploy from him. He said that was based on reading Caesar's commentaries. So um, now I'm into the Augustus part, and Augustus, he's kind of a pussy. But I'm seeing where um, Suetonius, the guy who wrote this thing, he's got to worry about who's reading his stuff, and you can tell, you know. So I'm in, I'm interested to get to when I'm going to get to Caligula and Nero, because they uh, they weren't too popular after they were dead. So he'll probably tell he'll probably be more frank about them. But Augustus, you know, you had to fucking and this guy was kind of a pussy too, you know, like you know he'd fall out of his, his own fucking uh, like, it, during a big uh, naval battle where him and Mark Antony beat uh, Brutus and uh, and um, Cassius. Basically, he was seasick the whole fucking time. And Mark Antony, who was a dick, these guys were all in competition with each other. You he, know, of course, you're not very complimentary to any of these guys, and they're pretty high level hey, performers. Hey, now, now he's sitting there calling everybody pussies and dicks, but he rolls out verse and generics like like yeah. he says it every day. He yeah. always does that shit. I have to listen to the book tape well, to actually, learn how I to say that. that name, Tim. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got to listen to the book tapes to figure out how to say that stuff. He just, yeah, well, he was getting verse and generics. I'm like, well, I just listened MOI, to a book tape. My, my MOI fucking, I said... <laughs> I, re- I grew up as a kid. 
V I G X T. It's like 18 letters in this word. And this guy just rips it off. First and generous. And I'm like, first and generous. I got to remember that. So I did, I did when I was a, a, a sophomore in college, I was a gunny. I did what I learned. I started doing in Iraq and Afghanistan as an advisor. If I heard a word that I thought I was going to need, like La Tarami, stop shooting. <laughs> I, uh, I wrote that phonetically so I could say it. I wrote it in my book. So I learned how to say intakahupti. I wrote it like that. That means you are my bitch. Will probably knows that right. Because uh, I had to know when they were, I wanted to know when they were, because the Arabs are dirty mouthed. The Afghans don't really swear. No, they, they don't swear at all. Shit. They just do horrible shit. You know? Yeah, they do horrible stuff. But they anyway. got more. They got more words for sodomy than the Eskimos have for snow. I'm not kidding. I counted them one oh, yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's what I'm. We don't really I'm need to go down that rabbit hole, boys. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I know it. I know it'd be. I was talking to my Vercingetorix uh, expert here. I know. I can't believe he just rolls that shit out like that. That's, he's done that all his life. Will, will you rescue this? Uh, <laughs> I finished reading it today. A book called "The Bonafide Legend of Cool Papa Bell," Speed oh, no Grace shit. in the Negro Leagues. It's oh, uh, wow. it's really it was I don't know why I got it, but I did. It's actually a really interesting book. Uh, this guy started uh, in the Negro Leagues in 1922, and you know you think of Negro League baseball, you think of Satchel Paige and Josh Gibson. Mm -hmm. um, th this guy was recognized by all of them as maybe the greatest baseball player in the Negro Leagues. Fastest player, uh, savviest center fielder, base runner, uh, eventually ended up in the uh, Hall of Fame. And uh, interesting about it, the guy sort of gives you a little history of the Negro Leagues, how right. baseball got integrated. And uh, in his later years, he uh, is from St. Louis, and he stayed with organized baseball at a low level, but he basically discovered uh, Ernie Banks and Elston Howard. Wow. And mentored them and pushed them forward. Uh, and he was great friends with like Lou Brock. Uh, and also in the thirties in particular, uh, the Negro league to say it was a league would be tough. There were a bunch of barnstorming teams that sometimes played as a league. But they would play in the Mexican League, they play in the Cuban League, they play in the California Winter Baseball, and they played a lot of white Major League Baseball players. Uh, and many of those guys in the 30s attested to, there's all kinds of people out here that should be in the Major Leagues. They just happen to be black at this yeah. time. So it was, a real, it was an interesting read. And someone, I was a baseball fan a lot more when I was a kid than I am now. And obviously yeah. no, someone you never heard of, but knew all those guys and was recognized them as one of the greatest all-time baseball players ever. You've What's never, the you never heard of Cool the Papa Bell? I never had. Sorry. Well, what was it, didn't what realize was you were that, that sheltered growing up. The Bonafide Legend of Cool Papa Bell by Lonnie Wheeler. Cool Papa Bell. Lonnie, Lonnie Wheeler. Why do I know that name? No he was idea. at the basic school. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he—that was his nickname. Who knows what his real name was? It's like Raybo. It took me like 
12 years after I left there to figure out that his name was that this guy, Ray Dan, who was mentioned sometimes, and Raybo were the same dude. Oh, man. Lonnie Wheeler is a sports writer and columnist, collaborated with Baseball Hall of Famers Hank Aaron, Bob Gibson, Mike Piazza on their autobiographies. Died on June 9th of this past year in Cincinnati. He was 68. Um, Lonnie Wheeler. Hmm. I, is he from Cincinnati? Maybe he was a writer when my dad was there. My dad managed in Cincinnati. Um, I did something that, that I haven't done in a while uh, with Man's Search for Meaning. So I, I've been listening to it. And then what I did was I downloaded the PDF that somebody gave me. I don't know where they got it, but there was a PDF of it. And um, I printed it out. And in particular, I'm interested in, in part two of Man's Search for Meaning. And I went through that like we used to go through books, highlighter and pen in hand. And I beat the shit out of that that section of his book. And I was very proud of myself uh, for doing that. I know that's a low bar, but, um, you know, when you really want to learn something, I mean, you could kind of electronically highlight it and shit like that. But to me, yeah, I, I go th- yeah, I go through books um, with, you know, pencil – you know, a red pen, a blue pen, a pencil, and a highlighter. And that's the way I, I look back in, in, in my leadership books, my decision-making books. And uh, and I, I gave uh, Victor Frankl the same treatment. And it's really, I think it's really interesting. Um, I, I point to, uh, you know, the, the, the DOD has essentially got to its current force level in about 1999. Uh, suicide was 150 uh, that year. And um, suicide will will break the 450 mark next year. Uh, so that is tripled. And um, and the rate has tripled, I think, as of this year. And so what, what Frankel talks about is he predicts so much of this in terms of, you know, we now go to we now go to mental health professionals for things we used to go see clergy people for. And then, and then what they do is they induct us down this path that, you know, that, that mass mental health goes, which is medicate you and send you to talk and, and group therapy, individual and group talk therapy. And, um, and he said the real problem is, you know, these people are rudderless. There's no meaning in their life. And until you will broach that with them. And you know, what the, you know what one of the things he says he does with people all the time? Go volunteer someplace. Yeah, yeah, volunteer. And and he says they need to find utility in their life and meaning in their life. And he says that is one of the things I do that has universal impact. How lucky I am, how much this meant to me, how I'll continue to do it no matter what else I do, blah, 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 blah. And so I've I've thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, all right, well, boys, I, first of all, I want to thank you. I mean, these are important substantive discussions, and, um, you know, the readiness one is one we've been having for a long time, um, and, and, you know, I think pains us all to watch some of the things we watch and think that they're going in the wrong direction. Uh, not, none of us, for one second, is against uh, inclusion and diversity Right, because that's what the United States has always been, um, unless it impacts readiness. And when we start putting inclusion and diversity in front of readiness, then that is uh, that is the road to hell. 
and that is the road to losing a war. And uh, and you lose a war with the Chinese, you know, you won't get a second chance of that because they will dictate the terms of whatever comes beyond that. And right. so and so the stakes are high. The, the the you know the post World War II rules based order that has brought peace to the planet in 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 great measure for you know eighty years. Um, that's what we're talking about. And so, anyway, I appreciate all your input tonight, and uh, thank you very much.